Hello and welcome to the Mental Sweet Spot Podcast, where we share stories, tips, and strategies for coaching the mental game of softball. I'm Melanie Rushing, and today our guest shares how to build a mentally tough culture by paying attention to the details. Before we get started, I want to remind you about the upcoming College Prep 101 Summit for Softball Parents. Whether you coach eight-year-olds all the way up to high schoolers, college is always on the minds of these parents. And if you're a parent coach, you get it. And then there's COVID adding to the stress and uncertainty of it all. But there are two things that will always be certain in recruiting. Better performance equals more opportunities and choosing the right college all comes down to the right fit. And that's exactly what Alicia and I and dozens of other performance and recruiting specialists and coaches will be sharing with you and your parents for free. Bonus, you can help us rack up a big win for our great friend, Stacey Mahoy. And if you haven't heard of her, just Google Mental Sweet Spot and her name, and you'll find multiple amazing episodes with this woman that I call my life Yoda. So this is also a competition for us speakers to see who can bring in the most attendees and sell the most video recording and bonus packages. So grab your free ticket and help us win at stacymahoy.com slash ticket. That's S-T-A-C-I-E. M-A-H-O-E dot com slash ticket. Alrighty, now let's get to our guest. She's the co-founder and director of coaching for Stealth Fast Pitch and Five Tool Softball Training in Jacksonville, Florida, and she's also a great friend of mine. We've been chatting for years about different ways to incorporate the mental game with various ages and experience levels, and now we've got her on to share what she does with her teams. From 10U all the way up to 18s, she's worked with every age in the competitive youth realm. And today, she shares how she helps her girls focus on the little details so they can become strong leaders who do big things. Please welcome Amy O'Brien. Welcome, Amy. Hi, guys. I'm so excited. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, thanks for coming, Amy. We're really excited to talk to you today. And I got a chance to meet you in person a couple of times, so I can see why you and Mel get along so well. <laughs> um, okay, we're going to jump right into it. So we're going to start talking. We'd love to hear about about your culture. We know we've, that you've been working a lot with your team on, on culture building and, and mental toughness training. So we'll start off by asking, could you describe your program's culture in three words or less? Sure. So um, for us, we have a hashtag and we've used it for probably the last three or four years and it's building female leaders. So good. And I love it. And it covers so many things. So it can be broad and cover a lot of topics, but really is that not the core of what we're doing with everything? So I love, love that theme. And I love that it's lasted multiple years because I think coaches often will change it every year, but that one has really uh, come through and I love that. Thanks. We like it a lot too. Cause like we have all these women that coach and work for us. So we use it too when we're, you know, like a lot of us have run half marathons now. And so we use that as our kind of hashtag too to get us out to be female leaders to show them what it looks like. That's awesome. So you're, you're, that's really a great example of living the culture, right? So that's something that I think sometimes as coaches is, is harder to do because we're so focused on so many other things. We forget to, you know, live that culture and, and do things for ourselves as well. Right. For sure. Amy, could you give us some examples of some of the things that your girls do uh, by leading? Sure. So, um, we are really detail oriented in our organization. So we have a small travel organization called the Florida Stealth in Jacksonville, Florida. And um, so we kind of talk about things being the stealth way. Um, you know, a lot of people do it, but we are really particular about like how they put their gloves down. They need to all be in a line facing the same direction. 
And we don't just do it during practice or before practice. Like this happens in the games. It happens all the time. And when our games are over, they line up their gloves or bats or helmets on the foul line. Like we just try to keep ourselves to a higher standard. Um, And it's kind of cute because one of my 10-year-olds went and played in the All-American games this January. And her mom took a picture and said, oh, there's Riley doing it the stealth way. And you see she's the only one that has her glove and face mask, like the way that we do it. And everybody else just toss theirs on the ground. I love that. And, And I think sometimes those little things, those little details go a really long way into not only building the foundation, but helping them understand uh, what it means to be a part of a team and have high expectations. Sure. I agree. Um, Whenever we're giving them instruction um, or like talking to them after the game, they all are on one knee and I'm like so detail oriented. So it has to be on their right knee um, with their chest up and they can't be like leaning over, but I feel like it makes them feel more confident. And you're right about it building like the team camaraderie when everyone's doing it together, it really builds that culture. And, you know, body language is everything, right? So when you're on one knee and your chest, your chest is up and your shoulders are back, you're actually, you're, you're being attentive, right? To listening to the coach and, and you're really focused because body language means everything, even when you're, when you're playing, but also when you're just paying attention to the coach. I've seen it many times in a, in a huddle where kids aren't, aren't looking directly at me or start to little, you know, they start to chit chat a little bit, but the, the seniors will be the first to tell them you, you, Hush, coach will make it yeah, like get a little elbow in yeah, the side. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Amy, could you give us another example of what that looks like in action for your girls? Sure. So, I mean, for the last five years, everyone talks about culture all the time. And I've always thought, you know, like, I don't really know what that is, what it looks like. How do you describe it? Um, and I really feel like it's more about the environment that we create. I never really thought about it that way, but I recently went to the um, ABCA convention, the baseball convention, and the Lenora Ryan coach put it that way, just about it's the environment. And for me, that made so much sense. Um, I just feel like it makes it a lot easier for you to create it and explain it because it's like, well, what does it look like? I felt like culture always was just this huge, scary, broad topic that I didn't really understand how to say, like, what really is our culture? So I think environment is just a really good way to think about it. Absolutely. And that's a great way to think about it because it seems less, I don't know, intimidating really. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) So what are some of the things uh, going through this experience with creating a brand new program and now it's a thriving program? What are some of the things that you knew throughout the years? Like, all right, that's not a part of the environment that we want. So how can we kind of build in teaching and ways to help them through it. I know you have an example for this, so you got it. (laughs) Sure. So, I mean, I don't want to get too far down the rabbit hole. I feel like we were very much like so many other young coaches um, when we first started and really just trying to figure out how to build the best environment. Um, So I feel like when we really started adding in mental training, we really started creating a true culture, quote unquote, where people can actually see what we are about at all ages. Like they're able to actually like, know, Hey, when we see stealth, we know they're going to do one, two, three things on the field. I love it. What are those three things? Um, well, so some of the things we talked about already, like just how we always hustle out, how we put our gloves down a certain way. Um, when the game's over our stuff's on the foul line and we're just very organized and team oriented. 
I mean, what are some of the challenges that your players deal with that can chip away at that culture a little bit? So for us, um, I feel like we're pretty fortunate because a lot of our players have played with us for multiple seasons. Like, for example, um, I coach 14U and 10U right now, and there's a few players that are on my 14U team have been with us since 10U. So, I mean, gosh, what, three, four years? So for us, I just feel like our challenges are minimal and they're usually pretty easy to combat because they've been with us for so long. They get it. Like they stayed because they understand what the stealth way is and what we're about. Do you have an example of something, you know, like a normal thing kids go through, something that they're dealing with, with confidence or dealing with pressure that you've helped them through? Sure. I mean, um, like I said, because people have been with us for a long time and we are also vulnerable with them because when we do our mental training, we really try to share our stories of failure also. Um, we have like pretty good relationships with them. So for me, I personally over communicate with the players all the time. Like, hey, you're not going to play third base today. Here's why. Here's what I was seeing. Hey, do you have any questions about why you didn't pitch or those kind of things? Um, so... I do a lot of talking with them. And so I feel like if I need to have a tough conversation about confidence or about, hey, how you were representing yourself or us today, um, it's just a little bit easier. This question is kind of hard for me because I just feel like people understand what we're about. We just have like a certain way of doing things. And if people aren't bought into what we're doing, they usually just don't stick around. So we don't really have a ton of those kind of issues or problems. What are the, some of the things uh, that you do, Amy, to help uh, get that player buy-in with some of the mental training that you've been doing? Sure. So, I mean, every season we do something a little bit different. We have a different focus um, and, you know, they're kids. So I just try to really make sure that I make it fun. So whether um, we're doing an interactive notebook or we're watching videos or we're doing things on the field or on the turf. We just kind of try to mix it up every season. So that way it's fun for them. Um, and I feel like at this point, since we've been doing it for gosh, probably three, three and a half years, like it's something that they really look forward to. Um, most of the kids that play for us, you know, they're female. So they want to, um, do well. They want to make us proud and they're pretty smart. So they kind of understand what we're doing. And luckily for us, most of the parents are bought into the mental training piece. So that helps with it too. How do you think you've gotten the parents buy in? Um, Cause all they want is the great things for their kids, right? And they want to do the best by them and make sure they're taken care of. So how have you shown them that to help get their buy-in? Sure. So, I mean, I think in the beginning when we started doing mental training, it was very simple and it was more um, just like being excited for their kid, positive mm -hmm. feedback. You know, it was all about positive feedback. So I don't remember if this was the first thing that we did for mental training, but it was close to the beginning. We did something called tough cookie. And if a player exhibited something, whether they dove or they were kind of upset, but then they were able to bounce back from it. Um, we presented one player with the tough cookie award at the end of every practice and they got an Oreo. So that was fun for them and they're getting positive feedback and then they're excited about it and smiling and their parents obviously are happy because their kids are getting recognized for hard work. 
I really like that idea because that's something cookies who doesn't like them. Number one, number two, right. for the younger kids, I think it's just a, it's a good fun natured way to really connect, you know, toughness, right. To, to, and, and really come going outside your comfort zone, right. Cause that's really what you're trying to get them to do. You know, make a diving play is has to be outside of their comfort zone when they're that young. Right. For sure. And then of course, like they love social media. So we would take pictures of all the tough cookies from the evening and post it on our Facebook and Instagram page. And then they're liking it. Their parents are sharing it. And so everyone's really excited about it. Have you continued that type of tradition? Yeah. So we've just done different things every season. So um, for example, this season we are doing, um, leadership and finding your voice. That's our like organizational focus. And then we have broken that down into team themes just because, you know, what my 10 U's need is probably a little bit different from what my 14 U's need. And then we've broken that down kind of even more to position work. So our pitchers are focusing on their presence on the mound and they're doing notebooks, focusing on kind of like how they're feeling today. And if I'm not feeling great, how can I still be great for my team? The position players are working on failure recovery. And so we have six different note cards with just different ways to get over it, like cleaning the dirt area or throwing it away or flushing, those kind of things. So they're practicing their failure recovery. And then the catchers, they have a lot to do, Um, but they have four leadership things they're working on where they're focusing on like how to talk to the pitcher when they need to call timeout, calling the situations, and then two physical ones. So being able to dive back um, on a pass ball or like dive for foul fly balls. So we're just kind of finding ways for each of them kind of individually to be able to show that leadership or find their voice in a way that works for the position that they play. That is so awesome. And I love that you went position specific because it gets to the individual needs, but also gives them like some camaraderie with their other, their other catcher friends, other pitcher friends. Yeah, for sure. And, it was pretty cool because we just had our first what we call skill night. So it's three hours of just so much team like work and drills and everything at our facility. And my the position players, we finished a little bit early. So I just asked them to like split up in groups. And all of them said one of their favorite things was the failure recovery cards, which I just thought was really neat. Yeah. I, I think a lot of people when they're first starting out on the uh, mental training part they're a little worried that like okay well the kids like it they do it's over and over again every age level they love learning how to get through these things that suck right like who wouldn't and i think it's just so helpful like as a coach when you start to give them these things i mean you have to really repeat it but when we've been able to do that then i'm able to praise them more when they're doing those things it gives me something specific to look for that's positive So then they like it even more because there's like actionable steps and the coach sees you do it. And then you get praised. Even if you make an error, if you have your failure recovery strategy, I'm like, Hey man, that was awesome. Like, did you see what that kid did there? Okay. That was great. I I love that idea. I I might steal that if that's okay with you. Yeah, you can. If you (laughs) need more information, just email me. (laughs) For sure. sure. Um, What are some of the other things that you've done uh, in practice to kind of implement some mental training that you've, that you've talked about? Sure. So um, one season we did called check-in, check-in, check-out board. So again, like this was real early where we were trying to just do things at the field. We didn't have the facility 
where now we have a team room where we can go inside and have tables and the TV. So we had these whiteboards. And when you got to practice, you had to check in. I think we had like three or four different focuses, whether it was like uh, communicating more or, you know, diving or whatever they were. And so they would have a magnet and they would put what their focus was going to be next to their name. And each person had a partner. So then halfway through practice, they would check in with their partner and say, Hey, like, do you feel like I've been communicating better? Yes. Or "Ah, not really. Like you could do more of these things. And then at the end of practice, they would just check out with the coaches and say, Hey, here was my focus. Here's what I tried to do. And if the coaches saw anything in particular that they could praise them on, then they did that. So it was nice and quick and easy. And I mean, what it take total five minutes out of practice to do it. Right. And you're, and you're really focusing on and teaching them accountability as well, right? If I sure. got to yeah, focus, exactly. focus on focusing, right? That's what I'm <laughs> going to do. But it's also kind of a, a, a billboard, so to speak, that says announces this is what I'm doing, right? Right, exactly. Yeah. Um, and then another one that we really liked, we did, I think, two seasons ago was We Over Me. Um, so I think most people know what that is. Um, but basically we put a bell up in the facility, like a pretty big one where you could ring it with a rope. (laughs) And so the kids had to do certain things to show that they were team first. And every time that someone did it, then they got to ring the bell. And so again, like that goes back to just like the parents seeing it and the praise of the players and everything. And anytime anyone ran over to ring the bell, like especially at skill night, we have all four of our teams there. The whole place is like clapping and excited for the person that did it. I love that with all the teams being there too. Like you get to see like the younger kids get to see the older girls doing it. And the older girls honestly can learn a lot from the younger kids doing it. Like, yeah, see, they can learn it too. I love that. Like remember when I was nine and I loved this game so much and I didn't care so much about failing and my friends and everything. (laughs) And who's going to talk about me on TikTok? Right. (laughs) So going into kind of keeping this culture rolling, uh, what do you foresee once games get really heavy in the summer? You're dealing with all sorts of outside (laughs) challenges like the weather here in Florida. Um, And it's not just the heat people. The storms are annoying as well. (laughs) so what are some of the things that you're helping the girls prepare for for dealing with those other obstacles and challenges so I think for us the biggest thing that I've learned probably the past year I mean I think I knew it but I've just really focused on it more is just repetition you know like if we want them to be able to react a certain way or respond a certain way then we have to be practicing those kind of things. Um, And that's why this season, you know, for the failure recovery, like I made those six cards and it's one of our stations that they're practicing their prep step. And then they're practicing the failure recovery strategy because in the past, like I've talked about those kind of things and we might've worked on it one practice, but I mean, how are they going to remember to do it if we're not practicing it all the time? I love that. And how do you plan on, like getting that repetition with different types of practices and keeping it fresh for the girls. Cause like you said, you got to keep it fun. Right. And after a while practice will inevitably get boring. So what are some things that you do to keep it fresh, but still keep hammering the same topics? Sure. So, um, I mean, we're just constantly adding to the mental training things that we do. Um, I wouldn't say we do 
a ton of drills where it comes to incorporating mental training. I just think that as the organization, we have our focuses and we kind of create our language that we want to use for it. And so as we're practicing or as we're doing drills, like we're constantly using that language and reinforcing what we're doing. And so, you know, like we'll probably do these cards for a couple more weeks and then we'll have that kind of basis. So then when we move on from it, we can still go back to reminding them of, hey, remember when we did that or using um, some of the language that we use so that they're remembering what to do. So what would you say is your number one tip for other coaches who are stepping into the mental training piece of things and making it a part of your coaching style? Sure. I would just say like, don't be scared of it. There's so many little things. Like I tried to give those examples of the tough cookie and the check-in, check-in, check-out board and the bell that, I mean, are so simple to implement. Um, Don't take a lot of time out of practice and the kids really like. We... I just like jumped into it. All these things I kind of made up myself besides we over me is this. Everyone knows that, but the whole bell and everything, I just kind of think, you know, like what will be fun? What do I want to focus on? And I just kind of pick something that goes with that. So don't be scared. It's totally worth it. I'm like a million times better of a coach because we started doing mental training. I'm so much more vulnerable with the kids and it makes it so much more fun for me. Um, I'm pretty serious. So it's helped me kind of learn to deal with my outbursts. Um, I'm not having as many of them. And I'm trying to, I think I have more things to say to them that actually help them instead of hinder them. So mental training is great. It's great for the kids, but it's really great for us as coaches. And if you really are like bought into coaching and you have your why, mental training needs to be a part of it. I think that's so important that you just said, Amy, that it's not just for the kids, right? It's for the coaches too. And even when you're when you're implementing it and talking about it, it also helps you learn to get through these things, right? And also, I think you said something really important, become yeah. more vulnerable with the kids. And I think that's something that um, truly is an important step for building that relationship with them. So, so oh, you can get sure. the most because, out Because, I mean, when I first started coaching, I was like anybody else, you know, and I came from a retail management background where I work with a lot of men. So I had some challenges at first because the way you can talk to men is just different. Um, But once we started doing mental training, I've been able to really grow relationships with my teams and it's just been so much more fun for me. That's awesome. Is there any other tips that you would like to give to coaches? Um, I wrote a couple of things down. We talked already about those different mental training techniques you could use Um, at the ABC convention um, Dr. Kevin Elko, he was doing a lot of motivational speaking. He said the great coach says one thing 5,000 times and a bad coach says 5,000 things one time. And so that I just felt like was so eye opening for me because like, if you really want them to do what, like a certain thing, you need to repeat, 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 repeat. Um, so that's something that I would say is guiding me through this season as I'm coaching. And then, um, I mean, all people, but especially kids like routines. Like I was a teacher for a little bit and I've been a coach for five years. So they like to know what to do so they can please others. So the more you can create routines, the better. It gives you opportunities to praise them. And honestly, it makes it more fun. And 
you just have to really be strict about it in the beginning, but being strict doesn't mean yelling. It's just being detail oriented. Like at practice, we always do some base running and throwing in the beginning. So my expectation is that their helmets are out on the dirt and their gloves and face masks are out in the outfield. And so every practice, I'm just like, oh, like I only see 10 helmets out here or how come I'd only see nine helmets out here? So it's just a way to, oh yeah, my helmet's not out there. You don't have to yell at them to be detail oriented. And then, you know, eventually those things become a habit and you don't even have to talk about it anymore. I love that. And I think really when you get those details right, it takes so much unnecessary stuff off their mental plate, if you will. Like you got your stuff. You don't have to worry about where your things are. You are prepared. You're ready. And that way they can focus on the task at hand and not have all these other things going on in their minds. Right, for sure. And one thing I added last season to the practice plan was a little team check-in. And we write down specifically like what our focus is on. Like if we're doing base running, like what are the three things we're going to talk about a lot? And I just hang that clipboard up. And so I always tell the kids, okay, well, like if you need to go peek at it again, so you can remember like it's round or down, (laughs) then go look at it. And like they do because they want to do it right. So if you, the more information you can give them, the better. And that is it for today's episode. Is your brain now turning on all details you're going to start focusing on with your team? I know mine is. So if you really like this, then we truly appreciate if you shared it with a friend whose team you also think could benefit. And if you're really feeling generous, head to your podcast player of choice and give us a review. Five little stars can help us reach more coaches like you as we build our club of sweet spotters and all make a bigger impact together. And if you have any questions, comments, or guest requests, please feel free to reach out to me at mel at mentalspeedspot.com or shoot me a message on Twitter at Coach Mel Rushing. That is it for today. Remember to send your girls' parents to stacymahoy.com slash ticket to learn all about the upcoming free summit. Until next time, have a good one.